we need you, Lord, tonight, God. Thy great and powerful and mighty God. Lord, your word tell us that you were wounded for our transgressions and you were bruised for our iniquities. God, your word tells me that the name of the Lord is a strong tower, that the righteous can run into it and be safe. God, your word tells me to call upon you in a time of trouble, that you would hear us and deliver us, O oh God. Your word tell us, O oh God, that whoso offered praise glorifieth you, and to him that order his conversation aright, will you show the salvation of God, Lord. You tell us, God, you will never leave us, you will never forsake us, O oh God. You tell us, O oh God, over afresh and anew, Lord, to come unto you, all that are weary and heavy laden, and you would give us rest, O oh God. You are everything, Lord Jesus, and you're so much more, God. I thank you for your word of comfort tonight. I thank you, Lord God, for your word of encouragement and strength, Lord, that you give to us, that we can grow thereby, Lord. Those, O oh God, that are feeble in their body tonight, Lord. Brother Bell, Sister Barb, O oh God. Those that has pain, Brother Richard, Brother Terry, O oh God. Those, O oh God, that have battered in their body, Sister Sue tonight, Lord. I'm asking you, Lord, to reach down tonight, Lord, to go into the hospitals and the nursing homes, O oh God. I pray tonight for Brother John Grant, Lord God. Touch his body tonight, Lord. And I pray, God, that you would continue to touch the Putnams, the Schumachers, the Tamils, O oh God, continue to touch the Eastmans, Lord, those that have been diagnosed, O oh God, and told they have cancer. Lord, I know there's nothing higher than your name. So we come against cancer tonight, Lord. We plead the blood of cancer. We plead the blood upon shingles. We plead the blood upon high blood pressure. We plead the blood, God, against panic attacks and fear. We plead the blood, God, of every unclean spirit that's not like you, Lord. We plead the blood of Jesus Christ right now, Lord Jesus. Uh, we ask you, Lord God, again to touch, Lord, tonight. Minister tonight, Lord, you are everything, Lord, and you're so much more. You are God, and you're God alone, Lord, and I thank you that you hear us from heaven, Lord God. Let your perfect will be accomplished, Lord, tonight. God, you are able, Lord. I pray for Brother Denny Thompson tonight and his wife, Teresa, that you would touch them, Lord, right now, Lord. I pray for Tammy Schroeder, that you would touch her, Lord God. I pray, oh God, that you continue, Lord Jesus, to minister, Lord, in every household, in every home, Lord, every hurt, every pain, every situation, God, every backslider, draw, Lord, I pray. We give you thanks, Lord, for just another time to get together in your presence, O oh God. Thank you for the rain that came down today, the water of the earth, God, to give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for your goodness, your grace, your mercy, God, that shadow us continually, Lord. I say thank you. I say thank you, Lord. I say thank you. God, you didn't have to let me see this day, but you did, and I thank you, Lord. I'm so thankful, Lord. I'm so glad that I'm a part of the family of God. I'm so glad I've been washed in your blood and cleansed at the fountain, O oh God. Here, O oh God, I pray, Lord, touch our first responders today, Lord, our emergency medical teams, our policemen, O oh God, our soldiers, our sailors, Marines, Coast Guardmen, all those, Lord, that respond, Lord, and every family, Lord. Oh, God, you know every cry, you know every hurt, every need, Lord, <clears throat> every backslider, touch, Lord, draw their hearts, Lord, move across this city tonight, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, I am thinking of a rapture in my blessed home on high when the redeemed are gathering in. I'll hear raise the heavenly anthem in that city in the sky when the redeemed are gathering in. Well, when the redeemed are gathering and we'll wash like snow and free from all sin. How we will shout and how we'll sing when the redeemed are gathering in. 
there will be a great possession over on the streets of gold when the redeemed are gathering in. Oh, what music, oh, what singing, oh, the city will be rolled when the redeemed are gathering in. Well, when the redeemed are gathering in, we'll wash like snow and free from all sin. Oh, how we'll shout and how we'll sing when the redeemed are gathering in. Well, saints will sing redemption story with the voice is clear and strong when the redeemed are gathering in. Then the angels all will listen for they cannot join the song when the redeemed are gathering in. Well, when the redeemed are gathering in, we'll wash like snow and free from all sin. Well, how we'll shout and how we'll sing when the redeemed are gathering in. Then the Savior will give order to prepare the banquet board when the redeemed are gathering in. And we'll hear his invitation, come ye blessed of the Lord, when the redeemed are gathering in. Well, when the redeemed are gathering in, we'll wash like snow and free from all sin. Well, how we'll shout. And how we will sing when the redeemed are gathering in. Well, when the redeemed are gathering in, we'll wash like snow and free from all sin. Well, how we'll shout and how we'll sing when the redeemed are gathering in. Then the Savior will give order to prepare the banquet board when the redeemed are gathering in. And we'll hear his invitation, come ye blessed of the Lord when the redeemed are gathering in. Well, when the redeemed are gathering in, we'll wash like snow and free from all sin. Well, how we'll shout and how we will sing when the redeemed are gathering in. Oh, I praise you tonight, Lord. I'm looking for that day, God, when the Redeemer gathered together, Lord. Washed like snow and free from all sin. God, how we will shout and how we will sing. Oh, we will give praise continually, Lord. For thou, O Lord, are worthy of the highest praise. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Thou art worthy, O oh God. Thou art worthy, O oh God. I thank you, Jesus. Oh, I praise you, God. I worship you, Jesus. You are Lord of my life. I thank you, God, for the grace and mercy, your goodness and kindness towards us that draws us to repentance. Your love that draws me to your side, O oh God. Your kindness which caused me to be like you, God. Your favor is my delight. Every 
day, God, I wake in my praise uh, and I pour out a song from my heart, God. You are good. You are good, Lord. You are good. And your mercy is forever. You're good, God. You're so good. And your mercy is forever. I praise you, God. I thank you, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endured forever. Let the house of Israel now say His mercy endured forever. Let the house of Aaron say His mercy endured forever. Let them that fear Him say His mercy endured forever. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endured forever. I thank you. Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. I thank you, Jesus. He's worthy of our praise. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I just love creating an atmosphere for the presence of God. There's nothing like that, is it? Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. He's a great God. He's a merciful God. Amen. We should always create a atmosphere for His presence. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with be thankful unto Him and bless His for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and His truth endureth to all generations. Amen. Children are dismissed. Amen. We want to get right into our lesson tonight. So we've been on this journey, you Christian soldiers, in battle, basic training here. Everybody's in basic, amen, learning and growing together in Christ, studying together. We want to pick up where we left off last week, and uh, we were talking as you have begun to hopefully uh, realize, as I, I keep trying to encourage us and edify us, to the value and the importance for the Word of God and, and to prepare ourselves. We are in a battle. Amen. No matter what uh, you may think, we are in this thing to win. We're in this thing to fight and to defend <laughs> our honor. <laughs> Amen. So we have to put on the whole arm of God so that we're able to stand against the wild of the devil. Each day you should prove your armor. Each day you should prove your armor. You should look at truth. Amen. You should study truth. You should ensure that you're girding yourself with truth. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Amen. You want to get into the word of God. Every day you should know a new passage of scripture. You should know something from the word of God that's going to help you or enhance you or strengthen you. Uh, to build you up, to encourage you. You know, just as well as I do, the Scriptures tell us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You know, and so the more of God's Word you hide in your heart, the stronger you will be as a soldier for Jesus Christ. Amen. And so this is what you want to do. You want to keep studying the Word of God. You want to, you know, search out. There's so much stuff out there now that you can study out, you know, commentaries and things of that nature. You know, Greek words, Hebrew words, learning the meanings of different things. You know, just uh, characters and all that stuff they will apply to your heart. You, you want to do that every day. You, you should, as we was talking a couple of weeks ago, we was talking, <coughs> excuse me, we was talking about training and challenge. You want to challenge yourself. You know, you want to do more. You know, it's kind of like when you went to school. That's what your teachers were doing. They was challenging you to do more and to learn more and to be more. And so this is what God wants us to do as well. He challenges us to to do things. He says, the works that I do shall you do also and greater than these. So we should be doing some great things for God. You know, one of the things we all got to realize, we all got a ministry. Every one of you has got a ministry. You've got the Holy Ghost. You've been called by God. And so you need to pray and ask God, God, what will you have me to do? What is my calling? What is my ministry? What do you want? We know we're all called to serve. That's the, that's the number one thing. Is if we would serve, 
with our whole heart. This is why Paul says, whatsoever you find to do, do it heartily unto the Lord. Solomon says in Ecclesiastes, I think it might be verse chapter 10, verse 9, somewhere around there. He says, whatsoever you find to do, your hands find to do it, do it, do it with all your love, you're right. So, so you want to do it. The more you do for God, all you're going to do is elevate yourself. That's what's going to happen. The more you do for God, that's all you're going to do is elevate yourself, you know, to a higher plateau in God. And this is what you want to do. You don't want to stay at a low level and not get involved because if not, you know, it, God will not be well pleased. See? And so you want to do everything you can to the best of your ability. As Paul told the church, he says that the times you ought to be teachers, you have need to teach you again, which has become the first principles of the work of God. We should all be at a level, you know, after a couple of years of teaching something, doing something. You know, we should be teaching somebody something, you know. You know. So, and so this is what God wants. So we was talking about training the challenge. We talked about the fundamental doctrine, using the appropriate doctrine, and this is why the Bible is, is key and essential to us. And last week we was talking about training to maintain proficiency. You know, studying the Word of God, applying the Word of God, so that you will maintain, knowing the doctrine, of the organization. You know, what is the basic fundamental doctrine of this organization? Da, 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 da. Come on, somebody help me out. What's the basic fundamental? What is it? Bible standard for salvation, which is? Repentance. Baptism and water by immersion in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Permission of sins and what else? Baptism, the Holy Ghost, the evidence, speaking of the tongues of the Spirit of God, give the others. We encourage you all, brethren, every word to what? Come together in the unity of the faith. Okay, to do, and to set aside your differences, right, for the unity of the body, right? Ephesians 4, right? So if you just learn Acts 2, 38, and Ephesians 4, 1, <laughs> you, you'd have the basic doctrine of this organization, all right? So you can write that down, Acts 2.38 and Ephesians 4.1, you know, and 2, there you, you will have the basic fundamental doctrine of this organization. Unity and salvation. Because that's what you do. Once you get saved, you move into the unity of the body. You know, we become one body, right? Many members, one body. So that's what it's all about. So we was talking about maintaining proficiency last week, and I was sharing with you some things in the natural military that we have to do every year to maintain proficiency. We was talking about weapons qualification. We were talking about map reading. We was talking about, uh, you know, wearing appearance of the uniform, mop training, legal code of conduct training, first aid. All these things were, was, is essential to maintain your proficiency. And I, and I was asking a question the other day, I think I did, uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the highest, on your paper there it says, you know, rate your prayer, daily prayer life. You know, if you had to rate your prayer life right now on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the highest, where would you fit on the scale? You know, Every child of God should have a 10 in that area. You should have a 10 in that area because you know that's what is key and essential. Daily devotions. You should be doing daily devotion. Teaching Bible studies. You know, teaching Bible studies to yourself. You ever teach a Bible study to yourself? You know, if you don't teach a Bible study to yourself, you're not going to be able to teach somebody else. See, you should be teaching your own self a Bible study. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Search for truth. Into his marvelous light. You know, uh, into my father's house. There are just so many Bible studies that you should do it. You know, and, and one of the ways, one of the things I used to do is I would take the Bible study and I would go through it for myself studying and where the next scripture was going to be from this scripture, I would write it out at the end of the margin in my Bible. And so... Then I just go to the, I know where to go to the next scripture when I'm studying. And so the more I did that, you know, the more I started realizing and know where the Word of God is and where the things are. So when I was teaching somebody a Bible study, I didn't have to have a chart. I could just sit there with my Bible. You know, they didn't know what I had written in the margin. 
you know. And I just goes, you know, okay, let's go to this scripture. Yeah. And then let's keep going to this scripture. You know. So you want to do these kind of things. So you want to rate yourself. Don't 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 put yourself in a position to where you become complacent and don't grow in Christ. Because pretty soon if you're not learning what did Peter say? I mean, Paul says, God will send a strong delusion. You wind up believing a lie, you know, and damn yourself. And you don't want to do that. Paul tells us also, let him that think he stand takes heed lest he fall. You ain't there yet. We are none of us has crossed the finish line yet. You know, Israel got right to the gate. You know, and I like to use that terminology, close but yet so far away. You know, so you don't want to come short. You know, of the promise. That's why, that's why Paul tells us in the book of Hebrews and, and some just tell us, you know, uh, to take heed lest we fall. You know, we don't want to miss the mark. And if we don't study, if we don't prepare, we'll, we can easily miss the mark. Okay. So, with that in, in play now, okay, look at your, your lesson here in 2 Samuel 21 verse 15 through 22. Second Samuel chapter 21 verse 15 through verse 22. Talking about training uh, to pertain, maintain proficiency. Moreover, the Philistines had yet again with war again with Israel. And David went down and his servants with him and fall against the Philistines. And David waxed faint. And Ishbonab, which was of the sons of the giant, the weight of whose spear weighed 300 shackles of brass in weight, he being girded with a new sword, thought to have slain David. But Abishai, the son of Zeriah, secured or helped him, and smote the Philistines and killed him. Then the men of David swore to him, saying, Thou shalt go no more out with us to battle, that thou quench not the light of Israel. And it came to pass after this that there was again a battle with the Philistines at Gob. Then Sibichai, the Hushatite, slew Seth which was the sons of the giants. And there was again a battle in Gob with the Philistines, where Eliahenim, the son of Garorijims, a Bethlehemite, slew the brother of Goliath, the Gittite, the staff of whose spear was like a weaver's beam. And there was yet a battle in Gath, where was a man of great stature that had... On every hand, six fingers, and on every foot, six toes, and four and twenty in number. And he also was born to the giant. And when he defied Israel, Jonathan, the son of Shimei, the brother of David, slew him. These four was born to the giant in Gath and fell by the hand of David and by the hand of his servants. So we see that giants are going to keep coming. Giant problems, giant circumstances, giant situations are going to keep coming because you're in a battle. Amen. The war is still raging until Jesus comes back again. And so this is why we have to prepare. This is why we must train the challenge, train to maintain our proficiency in the Word of God. The Word of God, as Paul tells us in Romans 15, 4, was written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the Scripture will find hope. We know we win. We need more Word of God in us today than ever before. If we do not hide the Word of God in our heart, the enemy will defeat us. Problems are going to come. Situations are going to come. Things are going to come against you that you never thought would ever happen in your life. Things that we see is taking place around us. All hell is being released against the church, and we need to fight the battle. We need to prepare ourselves. I mean, you're going to see people falling around you. You're going to, you know, things are just going to be chaotic 
Because that's what war is when it gets hot, when the enemy knows his last thrust. That's like when you studied the Vietnam War. In 1968, when the Vietnamese attacked what is called Tet Offensive of 1968, they launched just about every soldier they had against different parts against America. And it was during that time that we lost the majority of our soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, was doing 10 offenses of 1968. We lost over 9,000-something guys in one series of a few months, but they lost something like 50-something thousand people. You know, they thrust that many people at us to try to defeat us. So, and, you know... We could have saved with all we won, but look what happened. You know, they won. You know, so, you know, but you, you stop and think. Things are going to keep coming. And the scripture we just read, you know, David had mighty men. They was fighting hard. They was doing great things. You know, they probably felt, you know, we got rid of Goliath. You know, <laughs> ain't no more giants coming. That big, you know. But look, here's Goliath's brother now. You know, you kill one devil, Sister Sue. You know, David says we're going out for her. You know, you 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 took out my brother. You took out my sister. So they're going to come. So we got to prepare. This is why we got to put on the whole arm of God. We've got to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We've got to learn how to prune. We've got to learn how to use it effectively in the kingdom of God. The Word of God is good. Now, most of y'all have read this book, right? You, y'all got it. You know, every so often, even though I'm the author of this book, I have one beside my bed. You know, and I go back and I ever, ever so often I'll read it and I'll go right back over here to this thing called Satan's Convention. <laughs> you know, to, to keep my mind focused. Let me, let me school you one more time just in case if you haven't heard it in a while. Satan called a worldwide convention and his opening address to his evil angels, he said, we cannot keep the Christians from going to church. We cannot keep them from reading their Bible and knowing the truth. We cannot even keep them from forming an intimate, abiding relationship experience in Christ. If they gain that connection with Jesus, our power over them is broken. So let them go to their churches. Let them have their conservative lifestyle. But steal their time so they cannot gain that relationship with Jesus Christ. This is what I want you to do, angels. Distract them from gaining hold of their Savior and maintaining that vital connection throughout their day. How shall we do this, shouted his angels. Keep them busy in the non-essentials of life and invent innumerable schemes to occupy their minds, he answered. Tempt them to spin, 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 and borrow, borrow, borrow. Persuade the wives to go to work for long hours and the husband to work six to seven days each week, ten to twelve hours a day so they can afford their empty lifestyle. Keep them from spending time with their children as their families fragment. Soon their homes will offer no escape from the pressures of work. Overstimulate their minds so they cannot hear that still, small voice. Entice them to play the radio, cassette player, MP3 players whenever they drive. Keep the TV, the VCR, the CDs, the DVDs, and their PCs going constantly and their homes. And see to it that every store and restaurant in the world play non-biblical music Christian. You been in any stores and heard any Christian music lately? Amen. Hobby Lobby is so low you can't hardly hear it though. This will jam their minds and break that union with Christ. Fill the coffee table with magazines and newspapers. Pound their minds with the news 24 hours a day. Invade their driving moments with billboards. Anybody seen billboards lately? <laughs> Everywhere. Now they got them lit up to where they just change constantly, right? Flood their mailboxes with junk mail. Anybody getting junk mail other than me? <laughs> mail order catalogs. 
sweepstake offers, and every kind of newsletter and promotion taught in free products, service, and falsehood. Y'all don't get that in your mailbox. I know you don't. Right? Display skinny, beautiful models on the magazine so the husband will believe that external beauty is what is important and they will become dissatisfied with their wives. Ha! That will fragment their families quickly. Even in their resurrection, resurrection, in their recreation, let them be excessive. Have them return from their recreation exhausted, disquieted, unprepared for the coming week. Do not let them go out into nature to reflect on God's wonder. Send them to amusement parks, sporting events, concerts, and movies instead. Keep them busy, busy, busy. What's the buzzword there nowadays when you ask somebody, how you doing? Oh, I'm just so busy. Oh, I'm so busy. Oh, I'm just so busy. Think about it. Amen. And when they meet for spiritual fellowship, involve them in gossip and small talk so that they leave with troubled conscience and unsettled emotions. It was quite a convention. And the evil angels went eagerly to their assignments, causing Christians everywhere to grow more busy and more rushed, going here and going there. Has the devil been effective in your life? Hmm. Think about it. Battle. You got to prepare yourself. And so that's where we're headed tonight. We're talking about the battle of battle focus. The power of battle focus. You've got to stay focused. Amen. Because the enemy is designed to wear you out. Look at Daniel 7.25. Go to your Bible. Daniel 7.25. Daniel 7.25. Daniel says, you there? Daniel chapter 7 verse 25. And he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall... (laughs) Anybody tired? Wear out the sinks of the Most High. All that stuff I just read you, what do you think it's designed to do? Wear you out. See? Wear you down. Wear you out. Because when you're having battle fatigue and battle stress, you can't think good, clear. Your focus is not in line. So he's going to want to wear out the sinks of the Most High and think to change times and laws. Has anybody seen any laws being changed? Huh? <laughs> Look at all the laws that's been changed. And you and I, when we held marriage as sacred between a man and a woman, you know, all these things. We it always says a man used this bathroom, a woman used this bathroom. Now look at all the laws and things that is being changed and taken place. Amen. And they shall be given into his hands until a time and a time and the dividing of times. Amen. So we can see that the enemy's goal is to wear us out, to blur our vision and our focus here. Amen. And so we've got to stay focused. This is why if we were to go back to last week, we got to maintain our prayer life. we got to maintain our, our focus on where we're going. This is why Paul says in Colossians 3, he says, if you have been risen with Christ. You seek those things which are above. Set your affections on things above and not on things of this earth. Amen. Colossians 3 chapter 1. Amen. Verse 1. Amen. You want to set your affections on things above. Set your focus where you're going. If you don't have a target, you ain't going to hit it. Amen. You're going to miss it. See, heaven has got to be your goal, the place you want to go. Amen. You want to set your affections to where you're going. This is why Jesus says in Matthew 6.33, He said, you seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and everything else you have need of will be added unto you. Amen. Set your focus. Amen. Where there is no vision, the people perish. 
In other words, where there's no prophecy, people's perish. People has got to hear the word of God. People's got to know what is going to take place. You've got to have the battle plan. So we're trying to give you the battle plan. I'm trying to teach you how to stay focused and be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I want you to be successful. I want you to dance on the streets of gold. I want you to be elevated. I want you to be, as Habakkuk says, though the fig tree blossom not, though they be no fruit in the vine, though the labors of the olive shall fail, though there be no herds in the stall. He said, yet I will rejoice. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. I want to get you to a point in your life that no matter what you're going through, you know you are victorious and you're going to win and you're going to shout in every situation and every circumstance. And nothing shall be able to stop you from rejoicing in God. Amen. And that comes from keeping your focus. Amen. Your center of attention should always be on Jesus Christ. Amen. If your eye is focused, Jesus said, the whole body will be single. So you want to stay focused on Him. Get cavalry in your, in your eyesight and in your shot group. Amen. Amen. Set your aim towards Calvary and always realize what Jesus Christ has done for you. Amen. He made a way that we could be victorious and that we could overcome. He showed us immediately after He came out of the wilderness. Amen. The being tempted by the devil, we see that He overcame him by the Word of God. And the book of Revelation tells us they overcame him by the Word of God and I mean the blood of the Lamb and the Word of their testimony. You've got to have your own personal testimony of what God has done for you. You know where you were. You know how He brought you out. How He delivered you. You need to stand firm on that. You know it was no accident. Amen. Because if it had not been for Jesus, where would I be? Amen. And that's why that song says, I'm so glad that the Lord saved me. Amen. So we got to stay focused because when I'm focused, I can see clearly. Say, I can see clear where I'm at. Things are distinct. Things are sharply defined. Amen. But when they're out of focus, then they are indistinct and blared and sharp. And not clear. See, this is what the enemy wants. That's why I read all that to you. He wants to blur your vision. He wants you tired. Because if you're tired, you know for yourself, your eyes start drooping. You can't see right. You just oh, I'm so tired. Oh. You know, oh. You go to church, you sit on the pew, and the first thing you do is fall asleep. You know, you get a nod, nod going on, you know. You know, and that's what he wants, is he wants you to go to church because he knows faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. So if he can keep you tied pretty soon, he will begin to play with your mind. See, so you've got to stay focused. Amen. What you love most will be where your attention is. Amen. What you love most will be where your attention is. And shouldn't we love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength? Isn't that the first and great commandment? So if we do that, then our focus will be on the things of God. See, this is why David says, I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. You know, if you look at those Psalms from 119, you know, every one of those Greek, I mean, Hebrew letters, alphabet, all he's talking about is the Word of God, the law, you know, the statutes, the same. They just say, hey, hide it in your heart. You know, put it in there. You know, in Psalms 19, the law of the Lord is perfect. It converts the soul. The testimonies of the Lord are sure, make wise the simple, the statutes of the Lord are right. God is trying to give us the things we need to be successful. And that's why we can't be lazy. See, we have to prepare ourselves. We've got to be ready. We want to love God with all our heart, the things of God. I don't know about you, but for me, I get excited when it's time to go to church. I, I, I have a hard time missing church. And I know some people have things that come up, you know, sometimes. But if it can be a different day, you should choose that different day. You know, you know I heard people say, oh, I don't go to church because too many hypocrites in the church. Isn't it amazing? They work around hypocrites on their job all day long. They don't quit going to work. Right? One day, one day quit going to work. You got hypocrites all around you at work. 
But yet they're hypocrites in the church. Really? <laughs> Amen. So we've got to realize these things in our lives. We don't want to lose our focus. We want to, you know, there's need in the kingdom of God for focus. You know, because there's so much craziness now. You've got to stay focused or else the enemy will wear you out and take you out and defeat you. Amen. There's too much waste in the kingdom. Wasted money. You know, people are wasting money on stuff that doesn't really matter. Give me this gadget. Give me that gadget. It's just a waste that things could be used for the kingdom of God. You know, you know the, the old saying, you know, I met the enemy and he's us. Because we're wasting too much. We're wasting our time on things that doesn't matter. We're wasting our talents. We're wasting our ministry. You know, we should be way beyond the blue, man. We should be doing great things for the kingdom of God. It's probably not intentionally, amen. And so we we just is is because we've lost our focus. That's what happens when we lose focus. We we start doing things that really doesn't matter. You know, we start wasting. We start using our talents for other things. You know, think of all the people that you see that. You know, you hear about when they die, they, they, oh, they were such a great Christian, but yet they've lived all their work, life for the world. You, know, you look at people like Wendy Houston and places like that. You know, grew up kids, grew up singing in the choir in church and all that. So they have great talents, abilities, who could have been a use for the kingdom of God. And what do they do? They waste it in the world. You know, so, you know, we, we all got talents and abilities that should be, man, I, I gotta help somebody with this talent that God has given me. You know, I just can't, can't sit back and, and do nothing. I want, I want to do something for the kingdom of God. You know, I, I want to, I want to apply my life to, to leave a legacy. If nothing for, nobody in the church for my family. You know, what is your family going to say about you when when you're gone? They're going to say, "Man, that was the greatest Christian I knew." You know, who <laughs> dirt? Yeah, they probably will do that. But you want them to say something great about you. You know, so we want to use our talents and abilities. Amen. Our ministry. You know, if it is number waiting on tables. You know, like the Gentiles in Acts six. You know, whatever. You want to find something to do for the kingdom of God and let God develop you and grow you and where he's taking you. Philippians 3, verse 13. Notice Paul says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehend, but this one thing I do. I forget those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul says, I'm I'm cutting off the things of the old way of life. My focus now is where I'm going and where I'm headed. Amen. And so I'm pressing on towards that final destination, that final mark. Amen. Amen. For the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. So we want to take our calling, you know, that God called us out of the world. So now let's take it to being chosen. See? Think about it. See? Because you got to cross the finish line. And if he don't say to you, well done, my good and faithful servant, you ain't been chosen. He called you, right? And what does he say? Follow me. And I'll make you fishers of men. You know, follow me. See, and this is why you got to, he gave us the example. He showed us how to pray. You know, he showed us to have good character. He showed us, you know, how to love. He showed us all the things we needed to do to be successful. He told us how to defeat the devil by the word of God. You know, stand on the word of God. Pray the word of God. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. You know, 
build that prayer life that, you know, you're solid. This is getting, staying focused. See? The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You know, we could go back and talk about character. You know, these things you want to build up yourself on your most holy faith. Add to your faith virtue, virtue knowledge, knowledge temperance, temperance patience, patience godliness, godliness brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness charity. Build up yourself on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Looking for and hasting for the soon coming of God. He's already told us when these things start coming upon the earth that we're seeing happen right now, it's not time to lose your focus. Now is the time to look up because your redemption is drawing nigh. See, you've got to be ready to go. We don't know the minute. We don't know the moment. We don't know the hour when our time is going to expire out of here. You know, but we got to be ready to go. You know, and so I want to encourage you to keep pressing. You know, when you don't feel like it, that's the time to pray. That's the time to push yourself. You know, when you feel like you can't do it anymore, keep going. That's why we got the buddy-buddy plan. <laughs> you know, wrap your arm around another brother or sister and let's go forth. Amen. Stay focused. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things. Look at Matthew 24 through 20, 34. 6, Matthew 6, 24. Matthew 6, 24. No man can serve two masters. For either you will hate the one and love the other, or else you will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in riches. Okay? So serve God. You brought nothing in the world. You can't take it out. Okay? You know, so, so you should have, when you serve God, and, and, and don't believe that with me, but we, when we serve God, think about it. You know, if God has joy, if God has peace, if God has all this stuff, shouldn't we have it too? Amen. Giants are going to keep coming, but the giants should not stop you from being victorious. The giant should not stop you from rejoicing. The giant should not stop you from shouting hallelujah. The, the worst thing Satan and his demons hate to hear you holly is hallelujah. Because <laughs> they know that's the highest praise. When you study scripture, when they heard them shout in the camp, you know, the enemy feared. Because they knew that ark was in the camp. And that's just what you've got to get through the mind. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You've got to, as I preach Sunday, you've got to establish an atmosphere continually for the presence of God. See? This is what you want. You want God's Spirit and power to be with you at all times. He will fight your battles for you. Just like He told Jehoshaphat, the battle's not yours, it's mine. You know, you don't have to fight. Just go take a seat. Watch and see what I will do. You know, we got to get to the part where we wait on God. Look how many scriptures tell us to wait on the Lord, to be of good courage, and He will strengthen our heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. That's all you got to do. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. David says, but my God, I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. You know, Jeremiah says, if you run with footmen and they weary you, what are you going to do with horses? You know, Jeremiah 12, 5, you know, he said, if you run with footmen and they weary you, what are you going to do with horses? You know, in other words, see, they, they, as the Lord told Solomon, I mean, about Saul, that he would take your kids and put them in front of the, the chariots. Well, there was a footman. They ran before. They ran before the horses, you know, out in front of the chariots and stuff, you know. And so, and as a result, you know, if you run with those guys, he says, and they worry you, what are you going to do with the horses? Because they're going to be faster. <laughs> you know, so you've got to look at these things from a spiritual standpoint and says, hey, I need to prepare myself. 
You know, because if the floods come, you know, when depression comes, am I going to give in? Am I going to sink down? Or am I going to stand higher? Am I going to realize whose shoulders I'm on? Because in Isaiah 43, what did he say? When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you go through the rivers, they ain't going to overflow you. When you're in the fiery trials of your life, they ain't going to burn you. Neither shall the candle against you. For I have called you by my name. You are mine, saith the Lord. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Believe in me. See, I want to get you to that point. This is the battle plan. We went. You know, I, you know, every time we would go to battle, the commanders used to get in front of us and tell us, we're going to win. One of the best movies i ever seen is Patton. You know, I mean, he gets in front of his troops and he tells them what they're going to do to their enemy. He goes, we're going to tear their guts out. We're going to stop all over them. He did. You know? And so, <laughs> and so that's the thing. You know, we're going to win. Satan has no power over us. All he can do is try to wear you out and wear you down and cause you to quit yourself. But be strong in the Lord. There's no weapon formed against you shall prosper. It's already made, but it ain't going to prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. For this is what? The heritage of the children of the Lord. For their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. When the enemy shall come on like a flood, the Spirit will lift up a standard. God is my refuge and my strength. That's why he created cities of refuge. So you could run into and be safe. And that's why the name of the Lord is a strong tower. You can run into it and you can find safety. Amen. So we got to stay focused. Amen. You can't serve, serve God with all your heart. Amen. Verse 25. Therefore I say unto you, take no thoughts for your life. What you should eat, what you should drink, what you should put in your body. And what you should put on is not the life more than meat and the body than clothes. Behold the falls of the air. Don't you get tired of worms on your ground? Look, behold the falls of the air. They don't sow, neither they reap, nor gather in barns. And your heavenly Father feed them. The birds, they wait. Ants, they all wait. Isn't it amazing how many ants? Why are ants called picnic pests? Because they know you guys give your kids great big hot dogs and they don't eat it and they drop. You give them a paper plate and a plate full in half and all their food falling ground. Ah! You know, and all that food is on the ground. You leave it there. Here comes all the ants. They just love it. They get it all up, take it, and put it in their house because they know the winter is coming. You know, think about it. You're better than the fathers of the air. Amen. God feed them. So he's going to take care of you. This is what David says in Psalm 37, 25. I've been young. Now I'm old. You're going to get there. I'm old. <laughs> yet, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seeds begging for bread. Never. Amen. So you got to trust God. Amen. I've been young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Nor his seeds begging bread. Amen. We gotta to get to that part where we trust God. Your ability to focus will determine your effectiveness. If you can stay focused, you can stay effective. Amen. You wanna be an expert shooter. You wanna be able to aim at your target and take it out of a thousand meters away. Dead center hit. That's right. You want to take him out a thousand meters away from you. Amen. You think about it. Stay focused. If you've got enemies, you want to take them out a thousand meters away. And you know where you do that at? On your knees in prayer. You take them to God. And you says, God, Johnny Jones has just been giving me all kinds of mess. But God, you know what? I need you to save his soul. I need you to deliver him from that demonic force that's inside of him. 
or her, and I'm asking you, God, to make a way that they will receive your word. You know, God, whatever you need to do to cause their hearts to melt before you as wax. You know, that's what I want you to do, God. And you can deliver them. I know it's nothing. God, you are not willing that any should perish. Johnny Jones is on the perishing list right now, God, because he is mean and he's evil and he's demonic. And so, God, I need you to deliver Johnny Jones. I hope there ain't nobody here got a game like Johnny Jones. But, but you think that's how you do it. And you're doing that from a distance. Amen. You are staying focused on that life. You want to see them delivered. And then you tell them, God, not my will, but yours be with uh, the, uh, and that's what you want. You know, now, if, 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 if they have an accident or something, don't rejoice. Okay? You be the light of the world. And you be an encourager. You be an uplifter. You be, because, remember, if, it, if God would mark iniquities, who could stand? But there's always forgiveness with us. Amen. We want to forgive. So we want to stay focused. Our ability to determine our focus will determine how effective we are in the kingdom of God. And every one of us should be effective in this thing. Amen. For the kingdom of God. Without focus, we usually accomplish very little or usually wind up being defeat in the battlefield. We are not focused. We don't, we don't accomplish a whole lot. But we should be accomplishing a whole lot more than what we are for the kingdom of God. We should be involved more, doing more. Amen. Let's get our priorities in line and things that are important. Because we seek first the kingdom of God. What I find out for me, I mean, I seem to have more energy to do a lot more, able to get more stuff done. You know, I, I use that, that terminology that we used to use in the army all the time. We do more before nine than most people do all day. You know, the other day I did four things, you know, before it was 8.30 in the morning. I had changed my filter and my heater. I had, what I did, did a couple of other things around the house and all kinds of stuff. And I did my exercise, my walk, and my prayer, my, you know, Bible reading, my devotion with my wife, all that before 8.30, you know. So we do more before nine. Most people do all day. <laughs> I think I'd already typed out a couple of manners for the week ahead. So all, all that was, was, you know, we got to stay focused. Amen. When our focus becomes blurred, we spend too, spread, we'll get spread too, too, yeah, spread too thin, and we lose our power and effectiveness. Amen. Don't let your blur, vision get blurred. Your focus get blurred. Blurred. Amen. We will never accomplish God's will without focus. You lose power when you lose focus. It is a proven fact that higher achievers enjoy what they do. So shouldn't we all be enjoying this battle we're in? Amen. Just think, God chose us, man, out of all the people in the world... Man, we should be excited. Man, we should have a joy in our hearts, a leap in our steps. We should be dancing all over the place. Just get excited about the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. It was said of Napoleon that he once pointed to a map of China and said, There is a sleeping giant. If it ever wakes up, it will be unstoppable. And look like she's waking up. It looks like she's waking up. Amen. I think the same should be said about the church. If we would just wake up. <laughs> just wake up. We can take this world. We will be unstoppable if the church wakes up. Is unstoppable. We know we win. You know, Israel could not be stopped. You know, if she wakes up, <laughs> you know, so China is waking up. <laughs> so, and she's becoming a force to reckon with. You know, reckon with. Excuse me. Amen. 
Could it be that you have ignored God's real purpose for your life because your vision is blurred or because you really are not focused on what God has called you to do? Could it be that you're involved in too many other things that really are not even ministry related, leaving you little or no time to focus on your God-given call and purpose for existence? Think about those things. Think about those things. So there's four keys to you on your paper for staying focused. Keep your prayer life fresh daily. Every day, pray. Even when you don't feel like it, get up and pray. Early morning, nautical hour prayer is always good. It makes you fresh. It makes you feel good about yourself. Keep praying. Take advantage of books and recordings. When we bring these DVDs back here and put them on the table, guys, take them home. Look at them. Read them. Listen to them. That when we get the uh, Pentecostal Herald, the forwards, the reflection magazines, those things back there, read these things so that you can take advantage of these, these things. Other books, you know, like my books or some other authors. There are a lot of great authors. I read not only United Pentecostal Church authors. I, I, I tell you, I, I like, you know, uh, I think it's Greg Grishel. You know, the guy that wrote the book In the Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day. I'm reading one of his books now. It's called The Fight, you know, about the things that are important, how to defend and the things to fight, you know, about, you know, things that are, are important to you, things, all kinds of stuff. There's just so much that you can you can educate yourself, in, you know, for the battle. So take advantage of these things. Go to the library. You know, you can go check out books at the library. You know, they're free. And a lot of them has a lot of good stuff in there. A lot of education. A lot of documentary. There's a documentary out there on, on the making of the King James Bible, which is very, very good. I mean, you talk about King James and how he went about them to make the King James Bible. He brought the churches together and made them write it. And then the one guy wanted to know, how would he know it? He says, because... I will go through it because when he was a young boy, his tutor made him learn the Bible. So he would know if it was right or wrong. You know? And so it is a very, very, very good documentary to watch on the making of the King James Bible. You know, it's very, very good. Uh, I'll have to, I'll have to get it to you. But you can just Google it, you know, to make it up again. But but you you may have to get it through. Uh, yeah, there's a couple. We'll get you we'll get you the link, so you get the right one. Amen. Yeah. Aim at something. Make yourself a goal. What are you, what are you going to do at the end of the year? What goal? What goal are you going to accomplish at the end of the year? By the end of this year, what will your goal have been that you are going to accomplish? What are you going to do? You know. Set something to do and be honest with yourself. Amen. Don't be afraid to change directions. If you feel right now that you're on the wrong path, do an about face. Turn around or go left or go right. You know, don't be, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to say, hey, I'm on the wrong path. I know I'm on the wrong path. You know, sometimes, you know, I, I've seen people, you try to tell people, hey, you're going the wrong way. They get mad and leave the church. I don't, I'm not going to lose any sleep. You know, I'm just trying to help you because you're supposed to be on my team. You know, so I'm not your enemy. I'm your friend. I'm your fr- enemy if I don't tell you you're wrong. You know, that's, that, as Paul says, did I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? You know, so that's the thing. We got to wake up and realize when somebody is, is, is telling us we're wrong, we need to take an evaluation look. You know, if what am I doing wrong, then I need to make the adjustments so that I stay focused. You know, because we, we don't want to fall. We want to be right. Amen. And all this. Amen. Praise God. All right. So we're battle focused. Amen. And we are going forward. We are Christian soldiers. And this month we have just learned about Christian soldiers in preparation for battle. Next month.